On today's episode of Double Down Trent, Aaron and I are revisiting some of the NCAA football futures bets. We've got some updates, some line changes, as some sharp money has come in. So we're going to provide you guys with some new lines that you might want to look at, as well as some potential parlays that might make sense given these line changes. Then we pivot and focus on the NFL. We've got some prop bets. We're going to cover things like who's going to have the most passing touchdowns, the most receiving touchdowns, and the most rushing touchdowns. So we got a jam-packed show, lots of gambling as the football season is on the horizon. So stay tuned for episode 44 of Double Down Trent. Double Down Trent, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies, let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I'm your co-host, as always, joined once again by my co-host, Aaron. And Air, I know we do this every week, but we are one week closer to football. I cannot wait, and we are 10 days officially away from uh, college football starting and 22 away from NFL. I mean, 10 days is nothing. That is nothing. Anyone can do 10 days. And it is so close. So the, close. The question is, where are you going to find yourself next Saturday when there's officially college football games on? Are you going to be glued to a TV or are you going to be off doing a brunch somewhere in D.C.? Listen, you know I love a good bottomless brunch and I feel like D.C. is the capital of it. They're just <laughs> everywhere. Um, I will say, you know, I need to build up some uh, some credibility, some some, uh, you know, points, if you will. So I don't know if I'm going to necessarily commit to being glued to the TV on Saturday, but I might bank it. You know, if I do some activities on Saturday, uh, you know, the following Sunday when there's some big games following weekend, I could have some time. So we'll see about that. So you're going to put a little juju and karma in the bank and you're going to plan on taking that out later when you really need it. Oh, yeah. I think it's a smart play, man. I think it's a smart play. That doesn't mean I'm not going to be watching. It doesn't mean I'm not going to be interested and or following what's happening. But I don't know if I'll be glued. It's a little- well, I hope you're. I, I hope you're ready to buckle up because we're going to be doing picks for the next X amount of months between college football and likely college basketball. So it's going to get fast and furious, my friend. Oh man, I cannot wait. And so let's uh, let's get it started here, pal. Um, we're going to jump right in. But first, we got a couple of uh, housekeeping items we want to take care of. Yeah, we always want to plug the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Overcast, wherever the heck you listen to your podcasts. I personally listened on Pocket Cast, which I plug. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Double Down Corp and on Instagram at Double Down Trent. Or you can check out the website, which is going to be the place to go. The website is doubledowntrent.com. And when we really kick off our college football, we'll have our picks up there. And we really want our listeners to join us in picking games uh, each week and see how they do against the man of the model. Yeah, can't wait. We did it last year with a small kind of test audience, uh, you know, hoping to put it on the website and have people play along with us. So go ahead and check us out. Leave us a review. Check us out anywhere you can. Um, Now, we've been doing a little different, uh, I guess, preparations for football. So me, what I've been doing, the man, uh, I got caught up in HBO's Hard Knocks. I also got caught up in Amazon's All or Nothing, which is, uh, you know, 
similar type show, but they followed the Panthers for the entire season. It's getting my juices flowing. I love just watching this stuff, but I, I take it you're doing a little different prep work to get ready for the football season. Am I correct? Uh, that's correct. A little different prep on my end. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, let us know. What, what have you been doing? Well, uh, for the college football season, I've been tuning models. I've been trying to put this stuff together. I've been reading a little, some books. Uh, Lockie Lockerson came out with a great book about college football, and I took that to the bank and uh, read through the whole thing, which was great. Uh, so really just trying to get everything ready to go. I'll uh, release the model live in week four, but up until that point, I'm going to be picking uh, based on my gut and uh, on whatever data I have just to go on. So Now, you said the guy's name is Lockie Lockerson. Is that a you know pseudonym? It is. I think that's how that's how he refers to himself on Twitter. I think he's actually okay. an ex ESPN guy, and I don't have his real name uh, off the top of my head. Um, but that's how you can find him. Okay, I kind of like that name. I would use it sarcastically. I'd be like, "Oh, what do you got today, Lockie Lockerson? Any wins?" <laughs> and my understanding is that he has used that in that respect. So yeah. All right, I like it. But, but hold on, will you tell me a little bit about these shows that you're alluding to? So with Hard Knocks, I know it's on the Raiders this year. Is that right? Yep. yep. And then for this other show that I think is on Amazon Prime, yep. what does that look like and how is that different than Hard Knocks on HBO? So it's been pretty interesting. Hard Knocks just follows the team during training camp, and it's it's really compelling. Uh, they try and play the angle of um, trying to like showcase players that might not make the team. They're kind of on the fringe. They may get cut. So they do a really good job of introducing you to some smaller players uh, that have more of an interesting storyline. You obviously they've got the superstars. They talk about Antonio Brown. They talk about all these guys that are guarantees to make the team, but their hook is that it's probably a little more interesting to see who's going to survive and make the team and have their, you know, dreams fulfilled. Uh, I love it, but it's just, it's like a tease. It's just camp. Um, this show I didn't realize, and, and they've done past seasons with different teams. They've done Michigan football. I think they did Manchester United. Uh, they actually follow the team for the entire football season. So this all or nothing program featured the Carolina Panthers 2018 season. And it's kind of surprising that, you know, they had a camera crew in there the whole season. I feel like, I feel like football coaches are very kind of private about the information and getting information out there and being all secret with their game plans. So it was surprising to see that they had a whole, you know, a whole season worth of footage, but it was awesome. I loved it. It was really compelling, you know, TV. All right, so that might be something I have to take a look at prior to the season getting getting started and just making sure I can close out these dog days of summer. I would. The one bad thing that happened to me, though, I'm a New York Giants fan, as we've discussed on this podcast. Well, I totally forgot about a game between the Panthers and the Giants last year because I tried to black it out from my fucking memory. <laughs> the Giants came all the way back against the Panthers, like crazy game, back and forth, finally take the lead with a minute eight left to go in the game. Well, the Panthers come down, and they line up for a 63-yard field goal, which ties the NFL record. And I'm thinking there's no way this guy's going to make this field goal. 63 yards, get the hell out of here. And, of course, he drilled it. That kick was good from, like, 70 yards, and it was just a gut-wrenching, punch-in-the-nuts type of loss that happened early in the season that really had me down on football. And I had forgot about it until I watched the show. So I really brought back some painful memories. Well, between that show and myself, I'm never going to let you forget those moments. How about yeah. that? Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's fair. Uh, all right, but let's jump into it. We got a lot to do, a lot to cover on this episode. So A lot of gambling. A lot of yeah, gambling today. We are into the gambling weeds, my friend. 
we've been doing a lot of previews for the football season, specifically for college football. We gave you guys some futures bets for some conferences, but uh, I understand it that you've got some uh, some line changes, some things you notice about what's been going on. Uh, whether it, what was it, some big money came in or just a lot of action happening? Yeah, this is something I'm still trying to figure out. This is one of my first years that I've been betting, and I'm still trying to figure out which way is up and which way is down. Um, I'm just going to be sharing some learnings as I go along, and some of them will probably be good and some of them not so much. But here's an observation I made recently. Um, there were a bunch of line changes, and I couldn't figure out why. And then I noticed that the betting limits had actually been increased, and a, a bunch of new money had come in, and that's why you're seeing all these odds drastically change. So, for example, Clemson – was favored to win the ACC conference this year. They were kind of hovering around minus three, 305, minus 300, minus 330, somewhere around there. Now, when I look at a lot of their lines, I'm seeing anywhere from minus 500, minus 450, minus 435. So even a minus 650, like things have drastically changed. And what that means to me is that as the betting limits have gone up, Sharper bettors have come in and just smashed that line to make it no longer valuable for any Joe Schmo, me included, to come along, come along and take that. So that was one of them that I just kind of noticed because that was one that I had been checking consistently. I never chose to bet, but was just monitoring. The other one that I really like, and this was actually a positive for me. So you and I have a, a bet, a futures bet on Utah to win the Pac-12 Conference Championship, right? And this line opened. We got it a couple months ago at plus eight hundred. That line is all the way down to plus 200. That's insane. Yeah. So for a while that they had actually been favored to win the conference. And as I go back now and look, I'm now seeing something slightly different. So now some of the, some must between when I put this on here earlier this week of the agenda and when we're recording, my sense is that there's been some money that has come in on both Utah and Oregon because now I'm seeing all three of those teams, Washington, Utah, and Oregon, hovering right around plus 300, uh, plus 275 for Utah. So like that plus 800 number that we got a couple months ago is just great value, and I'm I'm loving that we uh, were able to secure that because it's drastically changed. Huge value, man. So great job by the model. And if you guys were listening to the episodes that we covered these, you know, we said Clemson's probably going to win the conference, but it wasn't worth it for us to bet. But look at it now, man. The the I would assume these like sharks or whales came in with some big money to change that line so drastically. Yeah. So to them, it must have still been worth it at that minus 300 or minus 320, whatever they got it at. Um, but certainly now is certainly a stay away at minus 500 or minus 450, wherever you're seeing it on your book. Yeah. So if you were advising some new listeners, uh, would you still think that Utah at plus 200 or plus 275 is worth it at this point? No, I'm interested. I'm, I'm a stay away at, at that, at those odds. Um, obviously I love them and, and I'm high on them, but I, I wouldn't want to take Utah at plus 200, uh, given that we, you could have gotten them yeah, at a much yeah. better, uh, line. Yeah. A while ago. Um, the last one that I just noticed, uh, for conference championship, this was uh, the American, conference championship Woo, gets the blood flowing. <laughs> so Memphis is one that I noticed. So this is a conference that is largely favored by UCF, uh, central Florida. Memphis had been, um, someone who has had a plus four twenty line 
which comes out to be right around 19% likely to win the conference. And they've now moved after all these new money has come in to plus 240, which represents about 30% chance to win. So a bunch of money has come in on them and it's increased their odds about 10%. So that to me is just something that, you know, if you were considering a betting on Memphis in the past, now it's probably a stay away just given the huge change. Yeah. And that's interesting to me too, because UCF obviously is a, a powerhouse, but their quarterback, um, Mackenzie Milton had that just brutal leg injury in the bowl game last year. So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from, you know, not having him. I don't I'm not sure if he's gonna be back. I would assume he's not going to be starting the first couple of months at least. Um, but for me, I don't know, that might be one to look at just because, you know, you're still getting action. You're getting plus 200, 240 there. I know it was 420, nice, but now it's a little lower. Um, I don't know. That could be one to just keep an eye on if you're if you're looking for some deep cuts, in my opinion. Yeah, and just on the UCF quarterback stuff. So you're right, Milton is out for the whole season. Who knows if he'll ever play football again? Um, I hope he does, just for him. Um, there was a transfer from Notre Dame, uh, Wimbush, who came down, and he was in a quarterback battle with a guy named uh, Daryl Mack Jr. Daryl Mack Jr. ended up also getting injured and is likely out for a lot of time. So now it looks like it's Dar- uh, Wimbush from the transfer from Notre Dame. So who knows what's that, what that's going to look like, but um, I don't know. I think folks are kind of liking uh, how Memphis is stacking up in that conference. Yeah, and I think that kind of just bodes well for what I was saying. Given that UCF has got just question marks all over the place, I think that makes Memphis a little bit more attractive, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I think that could be true. Yeah. All right, so the next one that we talked about uh, when we did the Big Ten was Ohio State. Um, we, we said, you know, Maybe look at them, but Michigan could be there. Uh, but you've got some interesting information. This is why the model is who the model <laughs> is. You found some numbers, you crunched some things, and you came up with actually what seems like a better scenario than just betting them to win the conference. Yeah, and I, I want to walk you through this, and I want you to help me kind of give you an example. And the whole premise is that, okay, we could have put a futures bet down on Ohio State to win the Big Ten, and the odd that was offered to us was plus 110. But are there other options for us to get better odds and lower our risk maybe later in the season? And if so, what could that look like? And I, and based on my knowledge and kind of what I've been reading and, and, and figuring it out, I think I found an option for you and I want to run it by you. Maybe. Okay. And first of all, I like how you dropped the help me help you little Jerry Maguire-esque quote. I don't know if you did that on purpose, but we're going to pipe it in here. <laughs> I did not do it on purpose, but I love that movie. Help me. Help me, Rod. Help me. Help you. Help me. Help you. Help me. Help you. Okay. Right, so what do you got here, model? Yeah. So let, let's set the groundwork first. So Ohio State, Big Ten, um, right now, they're currently being favored to win that conference at plus 110, which represents about 48% implied probability that they're going to win the conference. Okay. Now, let's go into hypothetical scenario for a second and talk about an example. If we assume that Ohio State, their last game of their regular season is against Michigan, it's always one of the best games of the year. Let's say both of those teams are coming into that last game I don't know, undefeated or undefeated in conference play. So that game is going to have, you know, it's going to determine who will go to the conference championship game, either Ohio state or Michigan from their side of the division. Let's assume that Ohio state is a generous favorite in the game. So let's assume that they're like minus minus one fifty, 
which represents 60% chance to beat Michigan, which I would argue is very generous. I would yeah. even say that, you know, Michigan could be favored in this game, but let's just try to go with this for a sec. Um, so let's say that they're 60% likely to win minus 150. And then let's say that we are going to make an assumption that whoever they play in the conference championship game the week or two after, they are even more highly favored to win that second game. Let's say they're minus 200 or 67% likely to win the Big Ten uh, opponent in that championship game. So if we were to put, if we were to parlay those two games together, what odds could we get? And we talked about it a little bit in the past. A parlay is when you make a single bet that is connected to something else, and both outcomes have to be true in order for you to get your reward. Got it. Okay. Now, I asked you this question beforehand, and I still would like a little bit of clarity. I can parlay. You, so you mentioned what was called a write-in parlay. Is that right? Uh, an open parlay. Open parlay. Okay. Yeah. Please explain that first before I ask my question. Okay. So some sports books, when you're betting, will allow you to do what's called an open parlay. So if I, let's say it's, I don't know what day, it's the last day of the regular season in college football. I put a bet down for Ohio State minus 150 to beat Michigan, right? That's a money line bet. And then I want to parlay that, but I don't have a game that I want to parlay right now. I just want to leave it open, but know that in order to get my bet and profit back, assuming it were to get true, I need to parlay with at least a, a second event. So what Sportsbooks will let you do is put the first one in, see if that goes through, and then you can pick something at a future date to also parlay. So that could be an option here. The other thing I talked to you about is that you could actually just create your own parlay artificially by betting X amount on the first game. If it wins, you take your your initial amount that you bet as well as the winnings, put both of us together, bet that on the second game, and that's essentially creating the same thing where you're doing a parlay just based on two single bets. See, now as a casino guy, I call that let it ride. Just let it ride, baby. <laughs> uh, that could be a new theme for our podcast, I think. Yeah. I like it. So, okay. So going back to the example, let's pretend that we parlay that that game between Ohio State and Michigan at minus 150 with whoever they play in the championship game and we're pretending it's minus 200. What are the kind of estimated odds that I would get between those two games? The answer is plus 150. And I created that by using a parlay calculator. But the whole point of this example is that I get better odds by using that parlay and it lowers my risk because I don't have to sweat out how Ohio State does in the previous 11 regular season games. Assuming, I mean, it lets me see if they're going to have the chance of making that championship. So to me, it's a really good validator of saying, okay, some futures bets when they're low like that probably aren't worth it based on how the schedule falls that you could create as good odds, if not better by parlaying, you know, two games together and still getting the same kind of outcome in and bet back. Does that make sense? Now I got a follow up question that parlay calculator. Is that some kind of like TI 84 you got hidden away somewhere? <laughs> Absolutely not. I only <laughs> use what's available on the website uh, okay. to people in, in the public. Yeah. Okay. All right. So see, I actually find this very fascinating and I wonder if there are other scenarios like this that you can uncover 
that we could discuss, you know, as the season progresses, because, you know, that's, that's really good juice in your favor that you're getting. For sure. And I'm sure there is. Um, so for example, I'll even, I'll even call out another example that could be, you know, I don't think the scenario will be true, but like Washington plays Washington state. Okay. Um, and that they're the last game of the season and, and whoever wins that game, let's assume all this other stuff happens. Like that could be another one that one of those two teams might go to the PAC 12 championship. So that could be another area that you're actually trying to do something similar because their odds to win the PAC 12 are pretty low. Washington's are. Um, but we could actually look at other schedules and see if there's anything that makes sense. And we'll loop back with this as the season goes along. Now, I wonder if you could do this with similar uh, teams that are in, you know, big rivalry games. So for instance, like, could you do this with Alabama versus Auburn and then parlay Alabama if they win that game to win the SEC? Yes. And we would have to see in theory. Yeah. I would, I would want to crunch the numbers to say, so what I think their odds to win the SEC right now are like minus one twenty, yep. if I'm remembering correctly. Something like that, yeah. But so yes, depending on what we think their odds against Auburn would be and what their odds in the SEC championship would be, like I could see a parlay there, that example, as being better than the odds that you would get that are currently offered in the futures market. Oh baby, you just opened up a whole new world of gambling for me that I didn't even know existed. <laughs> 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 I'm nervous to say you're welcome or watch out. <laughs> I think both would work. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'm going to keep my eye on this. And I think there's a chance for us to identify some of these games moving forward. So this could be a fun little segment. We might even call it Let It Ride. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. All right. So those are some interesting takeaways that we've got from NCA football. Let's segue a little bit into some picks and bets for the NFL season. So we are in the lab right now. We've been brainstorming some ways to incorporate some NFL picks. We're going to do that. We're going to wait to go over what the specifics are of that, though, until we get some more information. Yes. And tell the listeners what you've been up to with the NFL, because this this (laughs) even took me by surprise. Well, I should say that you've got me you've got me invited into your pick every NFL game against the spread. (laughs) Yep. So I am now joining you in this competition where you're going up against a bunch of other humans to pick these games. And the model being the model is having to create a data-driven approach to this. So I've now started pulling some data together so that I can create a machine learning model to actually tackle some NFL games and see if I can get – it's not going to be as good as what I would do in college football um, just because I'm not going to the depth of what I'm doing in college football, but just kind of helping me understand what the lines I think should be uh, in ballpark and seeing if I can find some advantageous spots to pick a certain team. I mean, I'm so excited. I just want to stress for the listeners. That's not easy. Okay. It's not like you just open up an Excel and create a little V look up here. The model is doing some intense work to get this ready. So we're going to have some really interesting, uh, segments in the NFL. So I appreciate that, buddy. Yeah, I'm pulling it together. We have some scripts that are scraping data. We have some scripts that are manipulating it and putting it into the model. So that will be coming up here. Uh, likely it won't start I'll probably be picking from the seat of my pants for the first three weeks and then come week four in the NFL season, then I'll really be releasing it into the wild and uh, relying on it a bit. Fantastic. Uh, what we are going to do though, is we're going to discuss some prop bets. So we're going to break it up into two uh, weeks of segments. So this week we're going to do just some fun props. And then I think next week we'll do some team over unders, give you some, uh, some insight into our picks for those ones. So let's start uh, with the first prop bet. So, who is going to have the most passing touchdowns in the regular season? 
Mr. Model, who do you have? Well, I just want to read to you the top five names of kind of what I'm seeing and what their odds are, and just so we can give folks some context for what we're seeing. So in order, I'm seeing Patrick Mahomes as the favorite at plus 350, Andrew Luck at plus 550, Matt Ryan plus 800, Aaron Rodgers plus 900, and then Baker Mayfield is number five at plus 1,400. So to kind of put that in perspective for a second, if we were to say plus 350, that translates into about 22% that he is going to throw the most touchdown passes this year. And then for a Mayfield who's at plus 1,400, he's right around 7%. Um, so that just kind of shows you what the market is landing, at least among the top five. And obviously there's you know about 30 other quarterbacks that they have listed here as options. Yeah, I got some slightly different numbers from Bavada, but really the same same gist. Um, I, I, how is Andrew Luck that high? I mean, I've heard also he's dip, he's battling with some injury issues, but I just can't see a world where he is going to be the one you could pick. I wish you could actually like fade this, and I would take the negative odds against Andrew Luck. That's what I would do. Well, and you can kind of do that by taking some of the guys around him, there right? There you and- go. I should say I'm looking at Bavada right now. So if we're seeing different odds, make sure I'm looking at regular passing touchdowns, regular season passing touchdowns. Uh, wait, my bad. I was looking at passing yards. How about okay. that? Jump okay. ahead of. Uh... <laughs> um, okay, so let's each do a pick of kind of who we like and at that odds and why. So it's hard not to pick Patrick Mahomes. I mean, yes, he. I know he's not like. You're not getting a ton of juice with him, but you're still getting money with him. And he just took the world by storm last year. That offense is absolutely filthy. There's a ton of weapons. And I don't see a world where he regresses to the point where he just has a you know complete fall off the grid. So, I mean, the guy threw 50 fucking touchdowns last year. It's like, even if he has a, a regression He's going to still maybe throw 40, right? Like something in that realm. Yeah. I would like I to mean, think so. It's, it's just wild to me. So I, I think it's hard not to pick Patrick Mahomes. I think that would be my pick. But if you're looking for a little bit more of like a value pick for me, Aaron Rodgers jumps out and I, I'd like him for a couple of reasons. One, Devonte Adams is an absolute stud wide receiver. Uh, he's got a new coach in here. So no more Mike McCarthy and his shitty offensive like mindsets. Okay. We got like one of these young wonder kid, you know, from the Sean McVay coaching tree, which is outrageous that that already exists. I think he's going to come in and bring, you know, this really up-tempo innovative offense. And, you know, Rogers is obviously he's been playing for a long time, but he's still got it, man. I think I would, I would put money on him at plus 900. Okay. And just for our listeners, plus 900 is right around 10%. So if we think Rodgers has a better than 10% chance to win that award, we should go with him. I'm going to go slightly different. Is that shocking to you? Probably not. (laughs) Not (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to take against my better judgment. I'm going to take Matt Ryan, who's sitting at even better odds at plus 800. Um, So he, that represents about 11% chance. Um, Here's why two things. So one, he finished a uh, tied for third place last year in number of touchdowns thrown with 35. And I actually, so I, I'm hopeful that there will be a regression from Mahomes. I think luck won't have the season that he did last year. 
And I'm hoping that Matt Ryan will be able to improve based on the players he has around him. And I just think with his receiving core, he has some really nice guys to throw to. And I'm specifically speaking about Calvin Ridley. I think it's going to be having a better year than he's had in the past. And we all know, uh, what Julio Jones. Yep. Yeah. Calvin really is interesting. Cause last year he was a rookie and he came out on the scene. Like he just exploded on the scene. He, I had him on fantasy. That guy was all over the place. And he actually, I think hawked some TDs from Julio. Uh, I think in his second year though, he's going to be just, I, I think he's a good player to watch as someone who might explode. So I can see that. Uh, I think if I'm going in a realistic world though, I mean, Rogers to me is my value pick, but how, if I'm getting a plus odd with Patrick Mahomes, I'm taking it. Like I'm, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to bet that. Yep. That's fair. All right. So those are our picks for passing touchdowns. Now let's segue to receiving touchdowns. Who do you got here uh, in the top five for the betting odds? Who who's on the board? Yep. So the favorite is Devonte Adams, green Bay Packer wide receiver at plus 900. Second is DeAndre Hopkins, plus 1,000. Third is a tight end, Travis Kelsey, Kansas Ooh, City baby. tight end, plus, 14, plus 1,400. Uh, fourth is Odell Beckham Jr., Cleveland receiver, plus 1,500. And then fifth, uh, Steelers, Juju Smith-Schuster, plus 1,600. So those are the top five uh, that I'm seeing on the board right now. Okay. And it still burns me to hear Odell Beckham Jr., Cleveland. Not Giants. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Not good. Not good. Um, this is interesting to me. Um, so Devonte Adams makes sense, especially if you are going to heed what I just said about Aaron Rodgers. Yep. I like that a lot. Um, it's hard for me not to pick the favorite in this one. The one to keep an eye on though is Travis Kelsey. I mean, he, they've got weapons. I just said that Patrick's got a ton of weapons, but I also just said, I think Mahomes is going to be having, even if you consider him a down year is going to have 40 touchdowns. He's going to have to spread it out. Now, I know you might argue that, you know, Tyree kills might take some touches or TDs away from him. Sammy Watkins might take some TDs away from him. Kelsey's a beast, beast, beast of a tight end. He plays like a wide receiver. He just exploits mismatches. So I would, I would take a little flyer Kelsey plus 1400, but my smart money, my obvious pick would be Devonte Adams. I know I'm kind of making two picks here, but I'm going to do, I guess the smart pick and then a wild card is if that, if that's fair. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, I, I will allow it. Uh, I'm looking at stats for last year right now, and I'm shocked to see Kelsey wasn't even the number one tight end in terms of touchdowns caught. Eric Ebron tight end for Indianapolis was, uh, actually tied for second overall in the league with 13 behind Antonio Brown, who was the the winner of everything who had 15 touchdowns last year. Yeah. Um, now Travis Kelsey did finish tied for six with 10 touchdowns. So he was right there. I'm, I'm going to keep just going with my Atlanta pick and I'm actually going to continue with the Calvin Ridley train. Yo baby. So he's tied for six last year. Last he had year. 10, 10 touchdowns. So where is he in the, in the odd? There he is. He's he is down. at plus 3,300. And to me, let's see, what does that come out to be? That's about 3% chance of him winning. And granted how he did last year and how I'm hopeful that Maddie, Maddie Ryan will have a, a, a better year this year and more consistent. I'm going to probably take Calvin Ridley. He's going to be my guy. I'll tell you what, man, that's a smart pick. That's some serious value. I mean, and if that hits, that's like winning the lotto, man. That's, 
That's a bit. I'm actually going to write this down so that we actually can either make fun of me at the end of the season for that pick or uh, celebrate my just, I don't know, insane I mean, knowledge. This is why I love doing these two because we absolutely will do a recap at the end of the football season with some of these takes and see how we did. I mean, for me, that's a good that's a good value wildcard pick, man. Is that going to be so I made two picks. Do you want to make two or are you going to stand by Calvin? No, he's going to be my guy. All right. Balls of steel by the model. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, man. All right. So let's segue now to uh, most rushing touchdowns. Yes. So who we got on the big board? Top five. We currently have Saquon Barkley at plus 700. My man. We have Ezekiel Elliott. Who knows if he's going to even play at plus 900. Yep. Todd Gurley plus 1200. Derek Henry plus twelve hundred. I think that's insane. That's shocking to me. And uh, rounding out the top five is Nick Chubb at plus sixteen hundred. Yeah, like you said here, I wouldn't touch Ezekiel Elliott with a twelve foot pole. No, totally agree. Even if they announce that he's like signs his contract and comes back, I still wouldn't bet on him at plus nine hundred. I mean, he's just kind of too much of a risk at this point. Who knows? He's in Cabo San Lucas apparently training. But let's be honest, you're not training in Cabo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I hate to just pick fucking favorites here because my man Saquon at plus 700 is looking juicy. Uh, but quickly, let's let's cover Derrick Henry. I'm shocked that he's at plus 1,200. He's even high up on fantasy football boards. Like, I had him last year. I wanted to burn his jersey <laughs> off of the – like, I didn't have a jersey, so I guess that's a bad thing. But I, w- I was ready to just, like, be done with him. I'm not touching him ever again in anything fantasy gambling nothing he's dead to me yeah and i think that's a a, he had what i think three or four weeks last year that he just absolutely housed and did really well so to me this is probably a remnant of last year to me he feels really overvalued here and he would be someone that i would stay away from in addition to ezekiel elliott so when i look at this i actually i have a i have a comment and a question for you so todd Gurley plus 1200 well, two questions for you. So the Rams drafted a running back. I want to say it was Darrell Henderson, Henderson yep. out of Memphis, right? Yep. So my question to you is how much, if at all, do you feel like he's going to cut into Todd Gurley's numbers this year? And then secondly, that's kind of tied to that, but in the opposite, Alvin Kamara is the Saints running back and Ingram is gone. So he's kind of like the man there. Do you feel like he's going to get improved numbers just because he's all by himself? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm actually going to pick Alvin Kamara here at plus 1400 for my pick. Um, he, he finished second last year, 14 touchdowns. And like you said, you know, he was sharing the ball with Mark Ingram. I know I'm pretty sure Ingram was suspended a couple of games last year, but you know, he, he's going to be the guy this year and, and he's coming off of a really massive season. I know he had some receiving touchdowns as well. You know, something is a little fishy with me about Todd Gurley, especially given the way that the, you know, Super Bowl played out. He claimed he was healthy. I, I just don't believe that. And now I'm hearing things like he's got, you know, an arthritic knee already. He's had surgery obviously twice on that same knee. Something about him just is a little risky to me. And at plus 1,200, I know he he won that title last year for most touchdowns. But give me a guy like Kamara who's going to be, taking the majority of the snaps in that backfield and he's got even better odds than Gurley. So I'm taking Kamara at plus 1400. Okay. I like that pick. I'm going to go, uh, I'm just going to take James Connor at plus 1800, uh, Steelers running back. He's 
essentially by himself this year because Le'Veon Bell has sailed away to the Jets. So I know they're uh, hopefully a pretty balanced offense with Big Ben still there, uh, representing a, a threat, a quarterback, and hopefully allowing some space for James Conner. Uh, not going to lie, I don't love the pick, um, but I felt better than taking him than, uh, like I say, Quan Barkley at plus 700. My only issue with Saquon is you just never know what the Giants offense and their their line you know i mean if i'm a defense playing against the giants i am stacking the box against the run but you know let's be fair too. Le'Veon didn't play for the steelers last year so it was mostly james connor's show another year under the the system i think can't hurt him so you know not a bad pick there there's some value to be had here i think with the running backs but the thing is they drafted benny snell from uh the kid from kentucky who is really good he might take a few snaps and, and maybe hawk a few goal line carries from him. But, I mean, if you're being realistic, every one of these running backs, maybe with the exception of Saquon, has got a guy that's going to hawk some touchdowns from them. It's behind him, yep. yeah. So any one of these guys is going to obviously have some kind of risk in there. So I don't hate plus 1,800. You know, pretty good odds for a guy who, what, did he come in last year? Third, fourth in touchdowns? Tied for third. So Tied for third, yep. Yeah. So... I don't know, man. I think it's pretty good. I think you got a good spot there. Okay. Should we go to our last props category here? I, this one is, is always my favorite one for a couple of reasons. So we're going to be doing the first coach to, I guess we'll say leave his post could be fired, could resign. Let's be honest. It's probably going to be firing. And I like it for a couple of reasons because it happens every season. There's four or five coaches that get fired. Usually there's one or two in the middle of the season. And everybody on ESPN, like these Adam Schefter guys, are like, this isn't this isn't something to be laughing about. This is a person's job. It's his family. It's his livelihood. It's like these guys know exactly what they got into when they signed up for it. Being fired is part of the job, and they know it. And they're also making three and a half, four and a half, five and a half million dollars a year. So yeah. I don't give a fuck, Adam Schefter. And the best situation is if you're a coach who's got years left on your contract and get fired because they still have to honor that contract. So you could be a guy sitting on your ass and make $5 million for two more years doing nothing. So I don't feel bad for these guys. They know the life they chose. That does not sound like a bad life whatsoever. Yeah. So quick little rant there. I apologize. So give us uh, the the top odds getters here of coaches to leave their post slash get fired. Yeah. So the favorite uh, with the Washington Redskins is Jay Gruden at plus 300. Second, Pat Shermer plus 850. Crazy. Yeah. Um, third, so Pat Shermer, uh, New York Giants. Thank third, you. Matt Patricia, currently with Detroit Lions, plus 1,000. Yep. Fourth is Bill O'Brien, coach of the Houston Texans, plus 1,200. And fifth, uh, tied with Bill O'Brien, is Dan Quinn, coach of the Atlanta Falcons, also at pl- plus 1,200. Now, a few interesting things to go here off those top five. Jay Gruden, I thought, was going to get fired last year. Now, though, they bring in the rookie quarterback, Haskins. I don't think he's going to start, but I think Gruden can kind of pin himself to Haskins. And he can say, you know what? Don't fire me. Let me go with Haskins. Let me see what I can do with this guy and see if I can mold him. Because obviously, Gruden's supposed to be his quarterback guru. I'm surprised he's the top guy, even though he's the most obvious, just because of Haskins. Shermer, I'm surprised he's second. He's new. Like, yeah, this is only his second season with the Giants. Yeah, They just drafted Daniel Jones, so he can kind of say the same thing. 
you know, I got this young guy. Let me see what I can do with him. Blah, 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 blah. Patricia is a second year guy. So I'm really surprised that these, these coaches are showing up here this high. I mean, the Lions had a shitty year. I think people expected them to be better, but it's hard to fire a guy after his second season, but I, the Lions are a little different situation than, than the Giants and the Redskins. So that one's interesting. And, and I already love your thought process because you're already starting to speak to where I'm landing for my pick. So, so why don't you give us yours? Who you got? Yeah, so I'm taking Bill O'Brien uh, is the guy that I think is going to be the first guy fired. And you already alluded to it a little bit. So he joined the Houston Texans in 2014. So he's been there four years already. Um, they haven't done great. So over the last couple of years, they've won nine games in 2014, 15 and 16. They won four games in 2017. And then last year in 2018, they've won 11 games. So that was their best year that he's been kind of the lead, but really they got lucky last year. Their, their Pythag win expectancy was really around nine games. So I actually expect them to do worse this year. And I also think that their schedule at the beginning of the year is murder's row. And I want to read it to you. And I want you to tell me, do you think that they are going to win or lose? I can't wait. This is one of my favorite games, by the way. All right. Hit me with the schedule. Week one, they are playing the saints. Where's the game? Uh, it is, that is the Mercedes Mercedes Benz Superdome so that they are away. New Orleans. That's yes. Okay. Week two, they are home against the Jaguars. That's a win. Week three, they are away against the Chargers. (sighs) I'm actually going to give that as a win. No way. Yeah. I'm not high on the Chargers, and this whole Melvin Gordon situation is interesting to watch. I, I just, you know, I'm not sold on the Chargers. I think that's a win. Okay, interesting. All right, so they're two and one. Yep. Uh, week four, they are home against the Panthers. <sighs> home against the Panthers. I'm going to put that as like one of those fluky losses. Okay, so we have them at two and two. 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 Week five. They are home against the Falcons. I got that as a loss. It's two and three. Week six, they are away against the Chiefs. That's a loss. And then week seven, they are away against the Colts. Away against the Colts. See, I, I also don't buy the Colts, so I'm giving them a win there. Really? Wow. Yeah. You're but, much more optimistic on them than I am. Yeah. But this is what I think. This is what the fucking Texans do. They always have seasons like this. Bill O'Brien's been on the hot seat probably since the minute he got hired. They go through these like streaks of games. They start off the season like right at 500 or they'll go like three games under. And then they start rattling off some wins against some shitty teams. And all of a sudden, before you know it, they're a wildcard team playing that Saturday four o'clock wildcard playoff game. So they're going to be an interesting one to follow because they're either going to be feast or famine. I think they've got so much talent on that team that they should be better. That division's not good. I'm actually down on the Jaguars as well. Uh, they have had a shitty year. I just don't think Nick Foles is for real. So I think they can steal some, the Texans, I mean, can steal some games in that division and show up mediocre. The question is, if you're the owner, are you satisfied with just these seasons every year in a row? You know exactly what that team is going to be. And, you're probably not going anywhere with Bill O'Brien. So it'll be an interesting one to follow. Uh, I don't hate that pick, but I think I'm a little higher on the Texans than you are. 
you certainly are. And my, my thought process was that they will end up being, you know, one in six, two and five coming out of those seven games. Yep. So you're certainly higher on them than I am. And, uh, I was thinking that a change might happen that early in the season so they could cruise through. And that's why I'm taking Bill O'Brien. All right. Okay. Who, who do you got? So I have one ideal situation that I think was, a, is a dream snare. So let me just play it out. It's not gonna be my <laughs> official pick here, but I see Jason Garrett sitting here at plus 1500. Okay. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Now follow me around the room here. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's pretend there's a world where Zeke holds out. Okay? okay. Doesn't play the first, let's call it four games of the season. Sure. Let's also say they give Dak Prescott this massive contract that he's apparently trying to get, which Thanks. is asinine by the <laughs> way. And now he is a super paid kind of chilling back quarterback without his best weapon under, you know, his belt behind him. I could see a world where the Cowboys start off like one in three, one in four under that realm. And Jerry is going to be just itching. He is going to be overreacting like crazy. Garrett's the same situation as Bill Bryant. Guy's been there fucking forever. You know exactly what kind of coach he is. They've won a couple of divisions here and there, but they are just not that good of a team under him. And if that situation plays out the way I just uh, outlined it, I could really see him being fired. Having said that, Uh-oh. that's not my official pick. <laughs> <laughs> not my official pick. Uh, I'm actually going with Doug Marone at plus 1500. Oh. So I just outlined, or I just said I'm not high on the Jaguars. They had a atrocious year last year coming off really high expectations. They obviously made the change at quarterback. Blake Bortles is out. Nick Foles is in. They had a really good draft. In fact, it's a draft I wish the Giants had. Literally, the first two guys they picked are guys I wanted the Giants to pick. Again, that's not the point here. Um, I don't believe in Nick Foles. I think that team uh, has got a lot of, I don't want to call them locker room problems, but you know, you've got guys like Jalen Ramsey causing issues. I just don't think the team chemistry is there. And I think they get off to a bad start. The Foles contract looks terrible. I think they cut the cord on Doug Marone. He was on the hot seat last year. All right. I like that pick. Yeah. I mean, there's just some guys on here that, that surprised me that they're that high up in their, in the rankings. I mean, Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury. He just, like he was his first year. He's got Kyler Murray. I don't know why that's like that. We're seeing Cliff Kingsbury at plus 2,500, which to me is just insane. Yeah. Now, the question I would ask you, what would have to happen for you to bet Bill Belichick? And let me let me talk about this here. He's at plus 15,000 to be the first one gone. Is there any realm where he just, no one gets fired and the the Patriots don't make the playoffs and he announces he's retiring. All right. So the only way I can get there, and this is incredibly morbid is that if he passes away early in the season, that's how I would say he earns first leaving his post. Okay. I hope that does not happen. Knock on wood. He's a phenomenal coach. Yeah. I I don't see a world where he, you know, that that comes to fruition, but 15,000 to one. I might throw a buck down. <laughs> can I, can I just say, so John Gruden at plus 5,000, do you think there's any shot that that happens? So 5,000 is about 2% chance. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, I think the expectations are that the Raiders are not going to be great this year, but 
they got to at least put some asses in the seats, which is also going to be hard for them to do. I just think because they've got Vegas on the horizon, they just got three first round picks this season. Gruden's a high profile guy. I think they're going to at least give him the first season in Vegas. I think he's a guy that, that, you know, at least the owners can market and get some excitement behind them to sell some tickets when they move to Vegas. Yep. So I'd be shocked. The guy I do think is an interesting look here is Pete Carroll at plus 4,000. Oh, yeah. Seattle. Seattle. I mean, I, I don't know. He's getting up there in age. They just gave Russell the big contract. They lost, obviously, a lot of the core, that defense that made them so good over the years. They still have Bobby Wagner at middle linebacker, but you know that's one to keep an eye on, man. If things go poorly there, I, I could see kind of them moving on. Okay. Thanks. You know, I don't know. It's it's those are those deep cut ones that I'm putting out there for someone maybe to take a flyer on. But you you, know. you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> Bill Belichick is gonna die and Pete Carroll is gonna get fired. <laughs> that's right. Yikes. Yikes. Sorry, let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, all right. That's that's a wrap for this episode. I know next week we're gonna be doing some more props on the NFL, some over unders. Um air and- what are we gonna be? Yeah. And we're going to be picking our first college football games when we record next week because the season starts on Saturday. Granted, there's only two games, but we need some listener participation and join us in picking these spreads uh, week in, week out. So go ahead and join us with that. It's here, man. We survived. We got it. Next week is live bullets. I will put it live on the spread on our double down trent.com website. So folks can go there, uh, look for the man versus model competition and submit their picks. All right, man. Fantastic. Well, that is episode 44 in the books. We will see everybody next week. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. You know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.